0: Sunday fun day folks so let's get right down to it it is week one of the NFL season Sunday and I am so pumped it is bright and early in the morning as I'm recording this but I wanted to break this down because we got a lot of games to cover and the morning will be uh, well in full swing with uh, uh, trying to get all the odds and ends done during the day for you guys as you uh, get ready for kickoff at one o'clock so let's get started with the Jets hosting the Ravens Jets are seven and a half point underdogs to the Ravens and I'm gonna be clear here I know folks are gonna be heavily on the Ravens side granted Joe Flacco started for Zach Wilson I look at that as a plus I know some people looking at that as a negative I look at it as a plus because my whole take on this game is the simple fact that Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, perhaps his defense is very well. He's had months to prepare for the Ravens' rushing attack. Most of the time when the Ravens play teams, they do not have the time to put in the work to prepare for the Ravens' just all-out rushing attack with Lamar Jackson that most teams run into. And that's when teams get motorboat raced, and it's a blowout by the middle of the third quarter. When teams play the Ravens tough, and the Ravens aren't able to run away with it. It becomes a much harder game for them to manage because, yeah, you might be the better team, but your offense is based on running out the time on the clock. And if they're behind or it's even, technically, you, like you're, you're, you're kind of making it, ch- giving the other team a chance to come back and, and sneak out a win on you. So, if this line uh, and it's moved up to eight and a half. Um, since uh, the, the start of the week, but I'm going by the original seven and a half. Even at seven and a half, I like the jet side of this because of the hook eight and a half. I definitely like the jet side of uh, things Um, in case of a two point conversion or whatnot going on to uh, erase the hook. But realistically, yeah, I expect the Ravens to win this game, but I expect this game to be tight. I, I you know, I don't expect Flacco to make the mistakes that Zach Wilson would under center. Because Zach Wilson throws some of the worst interceptions you will see in the NFL. Maybe he improves that in year two. But year one, even late in the season, Zach Wilson was throwing some very questionable picks. So I actually like Flacco starting this game to cover on the underdog side. I like the Jets here, which is something that I will rarely say this year, uh, that I like the Jets side of the equation from a betting perspective. From a DFS perspective, I've been talking this guy up uh, for fantasy for uh, most of the summer, and I don't see any different. I, I like Isaiah Likely for the Ravens. I really do. Even with uh, the Jets, and because of the, I expect the Jets' defense to play the Ravens tough, I think the Ravens are going to go with two tight end sets to A, get uh, a little bit more going with the run game, and B, because I expect the Jets to be flanking Mark Andrews, I think it opens up Isaiah Likely underneath on the opposite side, and his physical uh, physicality and speed off the line of scrimmage, I don't think the Jets have really prepped for. I think they've been prepping for Mark Andrews to shut him down. I don't think they're necessarily ready or expecting Likely to be featured in the Ravens' passing attack, and it may not be even plan C for the Ravens, but I, the way I'm expecting this game to go is because of the pressure the Jets' defense will be putting on them, it will force the Ravens outside the box. Isaiah Likely is min priced on DraftKings at twenty five hundred. I will have a ton of exposure to him in the Millie Maker. Uh, he's going to be less than three uh, percent owned more than Likely. I will be well overweight on the field on him in terms of my lineups. Just because twenty five hundred, he's a punt play. If he catches four passes, you're mint because of uh, just at least. Uh, getting some of the salary savings on some of the other players we're going to be talking about today uh, at 2500 And tight end's a crapshoot anyway. People are going to be paying up for Kelsey. And I'm not as sold on Kelsey in that Chiefs game. Uh, there's a real chance that Chiefs Cardinals game doesn't shoot out the way people are expecting it to. Uh, I, we'll get to that later. We'll get to it later. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm all, already excited. But But we've got plenty more to talk about. But, uh, yeah, there are a couple of things here that uh, really stick out to me in terms of uh, these matchups. Because, uh, realistically, the over on this Jets game, 44, I like the under here. Um, I just don't see a ton of points coming out of this game in general. I know people are going to want to play Lamar Jackson in fantasy and DFS. Fantasy, absolutely. DFS, I am not on board with the Lamar Jackson play. Uh, he's seventy three hundred on DraftKings and eighty five hundred on FanDuel. You know, it's it's a solid price. It's not a terrible price. I just think he has a high floor, low ceiling. I think the Jets play well today on defense. I really think the Jets play well on defense today. They usually do, and I and I don't think the offense shoots the team in the foot as usual with when you uh with what you get out of uh, uh Zach Wilson. Next up. We've got the home opener for the Carolina Panthers, the new look Carolina Panthers with Baker Mayfield on the center, hosting his former team, the Cleveland Browns, and no Deshaun Watson, who is uh, suspended for, uh, wait, was it 11 games or 10 games? Man, I'm like, uh, uh, 12 games suspension. Jeez. It is, uh, in terms of uh, the Deshaun Watson saga, I don't want to get into it. Uh, I've made my thoughts clear on that whole situation a couple of times already. But uh, realistically, we've got Jacoby Brissett under center. Baker, obviously under center for the Panthers. If Baker doesn't screw this up, the Panthers win this game. Here's the problem with this game. I, <laughs> I feel pretty confident in Baker Mayfield's ego getting in the way in this game. Because Baker Mayfield, at his core... Is a control game manager quarterback who can be very good at his job if he just sticks to his role. Baker likes to be a playmaker. Like he, he thinks he's still in college and he thinks he can make all the throws. That's how Cleveland wins this game. If Baker shoots his team in the foot consistently, this game needs to be predicated on dump off passes to Christian McCaffrey and get the ball in the hands of. I mean, DJ Moore. If DJ Moore does not get eight catches in this game, at least eight catches in this game, I'm going to be living because realistically, DJ Moore should be touching the ball regularly in this offense under Baker Mayfield. There's no excuse. Baker's arm is not that great. It's it's solid, but it's not that great. It's perfectly made to force feed the ball to DJ Moore, who's an upgrade over uh, what Baker was working with in uh, in, uh, Cleveland, because uh, you've had aging receivers, and just being perfectly blunt, this is the best wide receiver core Baker Mayfield has ever played with. Even as much as you may want to slander Robbie Anderson, and yeah, Robbie had a terrible year last year. This is the best wide receiver core Baker's ever had, especially because of the fact that he's got Christian McCaffrey. And, no, and this is no disrespect to Nick Chubb. But Nick Chubb doesn't have the pass-catching ability of uh, Christian McCaffrey. This is the best wide receiver group uh, Baker's ever worked with. Baker needs to not F this up. This is just like being straight up uh, uh, with uh, this. Baker just needs to keep himself under control, dump the ball off. They will win this game outright. They're minus one and a half favorites. You know, you know why they're only minus one and a half? Because even Vegas knows that Baker can screw this up royally. So, and Cleveland's got motivation to win this game because, you know, they've heard all the talk from Baker about how disrespectful. Baker was a pain in the ass in that locker room. They hated him as a coworker. So they want to stick it to Baker. So this is this is one of those tricky games where realistically, Panthers might as well have half all day. In my head. I kind of know Baker's going to screw this up somehow. I, it's like it just—it drives me crazy when I have to make picks like this because this is one of those where it's like I—I I almost want to not bet it or just like uh, put it into a teaser and and basically uh, space it out where I I throw the uh, Panthers into a teaser and just give them a little bit more uh, wiggle room um, if I want to take the Carolina side. Or just take the Cleveland side and tease that up even further uh, to make it a seven-point spread and make it eight-and-a-half. Like, you can go either way on it, but I do think that if Cleveland wins this game, it's by a field goal. Carolina has a real chance of winning this game by two scores if Baker doesn't screw up. Like This is all predicated on Baker not screwing the offense up and just playing with it himself. I'm just not convinced he could do it. That's why I say, from an outright bet standpoint, I don't, I don't really love the spot. But from a teaser standpoint, tease this game all day because I think either way, if you throw this into a seven point um, teaser, you will be in within the margins of uh, how to make it work. And that's where I'm looking at this. I, I definitely like this game from a teaser standpoint, uh, just because I think uh, Carolina can win this by uh, two scores. But I can also see Cleveland winning, so it's it's one of those where I'm okay with teasing this uh, on both sides, and that's not always the case. But like in this case, I I can actually see this one being thrown into a teaser, and I got no issues with it. Next up, we've got the Colts traveling to Houston, the scene of uh, scene of the revenge game. I mean, there's all sorts of things between Carson Wentz's implosion with the Colts last year, but losing to Houston is one of the most inexcusable losses I've seen in about 15 years. <laughs> like, it, like, the implosion of the Colts, given that that was a Super Bowl team that Carson Wentz ran into the ground. Period. It, it, it's, it's not even close. Carson Wentz ran that team into the absolute ground. No excuses. It's like Carson Wentz. Like if he had any decency, he would have forfeited some of his paycheck because of how badly he ran it down in in, in Indy. Uh, so I have like I say a lot of stuff about Jim Burse. I got no qualms about Jim Burse like trading Carson Wentz and publicly. I mean uh, Carson Wentz and publicly calling him out and saying he was an absolute mistake uh, of a of a decision that they made and that they were moving on. Most of the time, you try to be a little bit more classy in terms of uh, departures or the people leaving. But Carson Wentz was so bad in general on the coast last year. And basically, everyone was walking around on eggshells. Just from even the jump on the start of last year, how Carson basically almost got himself disqualified for participating in the opening game of the season for a violation of covid protocols when everyone knew what the protocols were. He almost got himself kicked out of the first game off of that as a starting QB. Like Carson Wentz screwed that up in Indy. Like I put that in, that's like a 90/10 situation like 90% of the blame for uh the Colts struggles last year, that 90 is on Carson. It really was because the other parts of this team are loaded. They are loaded. So as much as I rip on Matt Ryan, and I don't think Matt Ryan's that good. I think he's kind of washed. The Colts are a Super Bowl contending team, even in spite of Matt Ryan. So when I see the line at seven and a half for the, for the Texans, uh, Texas being underdogs, uh, so the, the Colts on the road, seven and a half point favorites. You know, yeah, you could you could uh, find a way to make a case where the line's too big. But this is where I say, you. this is one of those spots where you can just tease the damn game. Like, you can tease this game along with uh, the uh, Cleveland Carolina game of however way you want to play it, and just tease the Colts into it. Because I think the Texans play well, but there is no way I'm expecting the Texans to win this game. Like, the Colts are too good to lose this game. And as bad as Carson Wentz was, even if Carson Wentz started today, I think the uh, the Colts will play, and I think they're a better team with foul Carson Wentz. So, my personal opinion, uh, throw this into a teaser if you think uh, the Texans give them some trouble, but the Colts are winning this game. So, to me, this is one of those games where you just throw it into a seven point teaser, call it a day, and move on. But from a fantasy aspect, uh, Jonathan Taylor is too expensive. I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna say it: ninety one hundred on DraftKings. on FanDuel. The problem is, I see so many guys capable of going off today because the pricing is soft on both sides. Jonathan Taylor is strictly an ownership play for the high-volume and multi-entry folks such as uh, myself, and even I'm not that big on MME, but Jonathan Taylor is an MME type of play for fantasy purposes in DFS. And standard fantasy absolutely play Jonathan Taylor. But I'm talking about from a DFS perspective, Jonathan Taylor is an MME option only for multi, uh, multi-entry multi lineups. When you're going 50, 100 entries, and you're d- just throwing into a millimaker. maker, that's where I see Jonathan Taylor uh, being uh, utilized today. Uh, in other places, I just don't, like, he has the ability to put up points, but it's like, the amount of points you're going to have to score at that salary, I, I don't... I don't see the true need to go there, um, so we'll see. Uh, the other guy I am very much going to be playing uh, in some lineups. Uh, Michael Pittman uh, at fifty five hundred on DraftKings, seventy two hundred wide receiver number one. Matt Ryan play action. Need I say more? I I think Matt uh, between Pittman and Paris Campbell, um, they're going to be getting far more work uh, and consistently well. Because as much as I complain about Matt Ryan, the one thing he can do well, play action. That was the thing that Carson Wentz was supposed to be able to do well, couldn't do it well last year. Let's just just call it cat-a-cat-a-jacket, jack-a-jacket, spade-a-spade. It's just just one of those things. Uh, So chemistry-wise, we'll see how it goes, but can't be much worse than last year, in my opinion. All right, next up. We oh, and I should say on the Texas side, if you do the run back, you can go with Damian Pierce, the uh, running back, uh, who is supposed to be the running back one based off of what we've seen in preseason. 4800 on DraftKings, 5400 on FanDuel. Really cheap option. Yeah, could the game snowball from Houston? Absolutely, uh, which uh, kills his value. But I think between Cooks and some of these other players. I think it's going to be harder for Davis Mills to get the ball out. Uh, The the Colts are pretty decent in the secondary. Uh, I don't necessarily see Cooks having a monster game unless it gets into a true blowout situation and then there's garbage time points that I can see him getting there. I think Pierce is going to get uh, the volume of carries and, you know, Houston will just try to manage the game and, you know, you at least get the floor with Pierce. Next up. Let's uh, talk through Jacksonville traveling to play the Washington football team because I am not calling them by their stupid new name. So, <laughs> like, I am not calling them by that stupid name. It's like, no, we are not doing that. It, 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 screw that. <laughs> like, like, I don't care. It's like, that was a word. Like, just stick with the Washington football team if you can't actually come up with a, a decent, halfway decent name. Unbelievable. But I expect nothing less than incompetence from a dance of run team. So there you go. And speaking of which, they traded for Carson Wentz. You, you want to know exactly? Like, I just ran down Carson Wentz for multiple minutes here on his uh, podcast. Do you really think I'm feeling good about playing Carson Wentz today? Everyone's picking uh, the, uh, Washington as three-and-a-half-point favorites. And I'm wondering, did you not see Carson Wentz last year? I am taking Jacksonville as bad as the Jags are, and the Jags are likely to be slightly better than last year, but still pretty bad. I, I think Jacksonville could actually win this game today. I will take them as uh, I'll take the plus uh, the three and a half, and I may even throw in some outright bets on the Jags today because I, I keep oh I keep seeing people talking about watching this like how. How good of a blade is it? No, this should be an ugly game. I like both defenses in this game. I'm going to say this again. I like both defenses in this game. I don't think we're going to see a ton going on in this one. The uh, the line is at 44. I will be definitely on the underside. I like both defenses in this game. It's like I'm just going to be as blunt about it as possible. I don't like any other fantasy pieces from this game. To be perfectly honest, uh, you know I know folks are going to be talking about uh, Travis Etienne at the running back spot. I think James Robinson is going to siphon off uh, touches from him. If he's rule active, which is what it's trending towards, I-, I don't want any pieces of the fantasy options in this game. I-, I think both defenses are very much in play. I do not like the offensive pieces of this game, and I want the under. Next up. We got Miami hosting New England, Miami two and a half point favorites, the Pats, the South Beach trip, even with Brady, they usually struggle on this leg of the trip. I don't think this Patriots team is as good as people think it is. Mac Jones, sophomore year, sophomore slump, more than likely to happen. I don't like the offensive weapons on this team. I don't necessarily think the defense can play at the same caliber that they did. Yes, they got players back last year, which was part of their uh, turnaround in terms of improving the defense, but they got exposed by that Bills team. You can run on them. Now, Miami is building that team around the pass game, and I am not a member of the Church of anon so Tua Viola has got to prove it to me and so I know the Dolphins fans are going to get on me for not being more positive about this team because of the acquisition of Tyreek Hill, but to me, Jalen Waddle's still the wide receiver number one. If they screw up that, because that was the one thing Tua did well, was fighting (laughs) Jalen Waddle. If they start force-feeding the ball to uh, Tyreek Hill at the expense of the repertoire that Tua was developing with Waddle, I think it's just a tremendous mistake overall by the offense. To me, yes, Cheetah is going to get his big ball touches. If Tua can get it down the field accurately, Cheetah's still going to score. But realistically, the wide receiver one on that team with, who should be seeing the, the volume share of targets should be Jalen Waddle. I, I don't care what anybody says. It, like That is how you develop Tua. Make him work with Jalen Waddle more. Tua, is, uh, Tua and uh, Tyreek is that you keep that in your back pocket for teams to constantly be scared of And then you drop the bomb at various points when you uh, decide to pull the trigger. Not the other way around. I think Waddle is absolutely a wide receiver one. Uh, Cheetah's a nice uh, Ferrari, but to get around the field, you should be uh, uh, utilizing Waddle. Now, from the Pat side of things, again, I I don't like this offense at all. Uh, I think you can play Miami defense. (laughs) Uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, the the Pats defense is also expensive. So from a DFS perspective, this is pretty much a ghost land of a game. Uh, I don't want any pieces of it. And from a betting perspective, I would pass on this. But for the purposes of this show, I'll take the Miami side of the fence. I think Miami gets the W here. And they win by a field goal, so they cover, uh, they'll cover the line because of it... Uh, uh, because of uh, the hook uh, being at two and a half, I, I'll I'll take I'll take the Dolphins. I don't have a great amount of confidence in it because I have definitely seen Miami screw up this, these spots before. But realistically, this is not one of those. Like I told you guys, like there are some games where I'm looking at the totals and I I question. It's like maybe because teams are rusty, uh, Vegas is projecting uh, some higher uh, some of these higher lines, but. Under 46, uh, I would be all over the under 46 because I just don't see enough scoring this game to, to hit that line. So uh, next up, New Orleans and Atlanta. Man, this game's a crapshoot. Jameis Winston is back on the center for the Saints. They're healthy. Michael Thomas supposedly is coming back in, in, into the fold. We'll see if he's actually active. I have my doubts if Michael Thomas is actually active today. I still think this is gonna be an Olave game. I have big doubts about Michael Thomas like being active for uh, for this game. Uh but you know, Atlanta sucks. Uh, you know, they traded Matt Ryan, but they didn't get much in return. Uh they're starting their starting QB as Marcus Mariota, which tells you all you need to know. Uh, you know, you've got <laughs> I mean, let, let let's let's just get let's just be real here. Calvin Ridley got suspended for the entire NFL season. The entire season! And a certain quarterback in Cleveland, they had to fight to be able to suspend him for more games. Calvin Ridley got suspended the entire NFL season for betting on two NFL games. Yes, you should be betting. No, it's not excusable what Calvin Ridley did but it tells you what the actual priorities of the NFL is. Protect the shield and the sports books. That's why Calvin Ridley got suspended the entire year. So, no quarterback. Your best player is suspended for the entire year. This team's a train wreck. You know, and Drake London, their their first-round pick, who's supposed to be the number one player, you know, (laughs) they're... He's been a question mark. Like, they think he's going to play, but he's kind of banged up. Uh, You know, I just, I do not have any uh, nice things to say remotely about this Falcons team. They might be the worst team in the league. And I mean, by the worst team in the league, I'm talking 0-16 bad. I know people, I've heard people say that Atlanta could surprise people. My only, uh, my, the way I say Atlanta can surprise people, they can surprise people by being even worse than people expect. Uh, you know, I think this is probably the worst team in the league. We'll see if, how the Saints look. If the Saints are struggling to beat this team, man, it says a lot about how bad New Orleans is going to be this year. The Saints are five and a half point favorites. My opinion, if the Saints are actually supposed to be treated as a legitimate threat in the NFC South, Saints should win this game by at least 10 points. Like, it just, it's just that simple. Like, they really should be hammering Atlanta uh, first game of the year. And, yeah, there could be opening round jitters. Uh, you know, it's, it's, there really isn't an excuse here. There's way too many veterans on that defense for the Saints and uh, veterans on the offensive side of the ball. They got to take care of business here. Right? It's, it's just that simple. Next up, Philly traveling to Detroit to play the Lions. We've seen the Lions all on hard knocks. Everyone feels good about the Lions. Well, reality sets in today. We got the team that I, you know, as much as it pains me to say, the team I expect to be the number one team in the NFC East this year, in the Eagles, playing a Lions team that is, you know, they're hoping to be the second best team in the NFC North. I I truly believe that's his Lions aspirations. I mean, they've been bottom dwellers for so long that being second in the NFC North and a bridesmaid to the Packers, I think would be an accomplishment for them. I, you know, again, this is one of those situations where if this team is where, where they are and supposed to be, you know, the Eagles are five and a half point favorites. They should be able to put up 28 points on this Lions team. It's just that simple. Like I expect, uh, like the the over the over uh, under is set at 48 and a half, and yeah, that's a fair line. It's a fair line. I expect the Eagles to be able to put up at least 28 points on this Lions defense, if the Eagles are who that we expect them to be. AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, you should be able to get it done, uh, Jalen Hurts. As much as I criticize your throwing motion and, and your actual consistency delivering the ball, you should be able to put uh, put up a big number on the Lions. There there isn't that much of an excuse to be perfectly blunt here, so uh, I'll just leave it at that. But from a fantasy perspective, uh, you know, obviously Jalen Hurts, it, like it, it, it really it really just starts there. Jalen Hurts is sixty eight hundred on DraftKings. He is going to be the highest-owned player on DraftKings by far, and he is a safe play. Uh, he's playing in a dome. Uh, again, the weapons he has, he should be able to be able to put up points, and he can run. He can run, and he's sixty-eight hundred. He's five hundred dollars less than Lamar Jackson playing, most likely in rain today, uh, out in the Meadowlands. I, I don't see, you know. I don't necessarily see a downside to play Jalen Hurts today. It's just not going to get you unique enough to ship a Millie maker. In my opinion, Uh, you're going to have to do something kind of radical to win with Jalen Hurts as your QB today, unless he, you know, runs for 150 yards. Like it it, it pulls off one of those Lamar type games. I don't think he does that. I think the Lions play him somewhat tough for the first half. And then the Eagles should pull away and and win this by double digits. But, uh, you know, Devonta Smith in play. uh, AJ Brown's in play, in my opinion. Dallas Goddard in play. All these guys are in play from a fantasy perspective scoring-wise. I just don't know, because of how diverse the Philly has been with their play calling, who's going to get the most touches. But all three of those guys should be very much a factor in the game today. Now... We got another dog game here where it's the 49ers traveling to Chicago to play the Bears. Uh, 49ers are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. The line's gone down to six-and-a-half, and And here's the reason why. It is raining in Chicago, and it is Trey Lance's true NFL Like, he's played some starts last year, but realistically... This is the first year where it's him being the guy. Jimmy Garoppolo got signed to the richest deal in NFL history for a backup because nobody wanted to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Nobody. Not even the Giants. So it's Trey Lance's team now. You got the pressure of being expected being the guy. You got the highest paid backup in the league right there in case you like implode. There's pressure on Trey Lance, but Chicago's defense is bad. Their offense is still struggling with Justin Fields, who's trying to find himself. Me personally, I do think there's going to be an adjustment period, but ultimately, I expect the 49ers to begin to pull away with this one, running the ball with Eli Mitchell and using play action to get uh, Trey Lance more comfortable. I just don't think it's a smash spot for Trey Lance and the 49ers offense. So I'm going to be kind of staying away from it. And from a defense perspective, the 49ers defense got uh, uh, priced up because uh, uh, the expectation of playing against uh, 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 Joshua, Josh Fields. So Justin Fields. Uh, so it's it's just one of those situations where realistically, I just look, uh, look at this game and just say, this is – Pretty clear-cut favorite for the 49ers. I like them. Uh, I'm just not as sold on the pieces in this game. So from a fantasy perspective, I'm more off of the game uh, in general. Now, the last 1 o'clock game I want to talk about, and because I don't understand why people think it's going to be that close, the line is the line, and it should be the line. It, like, this is a fair line. People are talking about the Steelers, traveling to place the Bengals, you know, Bengals home opener after the Super Bowl run fans are going to be jacked up there. It's a rivalry game with the, against the Steelers, you know, it's good. Emotions are going to be high, but let's be blunt. The Bengals are a better team. The Bengals are a better team this year than they were last year. I don't like Zach Taylor as a head coach, but he got reloaded with even more players this year. That offensive line got uh, patched up a bit uh, further to solidify pass protection for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow still has Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd for a wide receiver core. They are loaded, and that's not even factoring in Joe Mixon. The Bengals are loaded. They are still loaded on offense, and here's the problem team still haven't figured out how to match up against Jamar Chase yet. You should not be blitzing. The Steelers love to blitz. I like uh, this is Joe Burrow's going to be my favorite quarterback to target today. He is 6400 on DraftKings. He is uh <clears throat> he oh man. Uh is 6400 on DraftKings. I had the FanDuel pricing up. He was uh, basically at like 8k on FanDuel. Uh, in the AK Ranch on Fanduel, I am playing a ton of Joe Burrow. It, it does not matter, in my opinion, how however you want to look at this game. Joe Burrow needs to be the play here. It, there's just no excuses not to play Joe Burrow today in at least one lineup. They are going to smash the Steelers. It's like I, that is my call. That like this is the Bengals minus six. It's such an easy line. Bengals are going to win this game. The Bengals are winning this game. The question is by how much they're winning this game. Mitch Trubisky is starting his uh, Steelers career under center. And, yeah, it, 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 the Steelers still have some talent on offense. They don't have Jujudo. Najee Harris is still good, but that offensive line still is a work in progress, and that's being kind. Bengals winning this game. They're like I, I can't be any clearer about that. I like the offensive pieces on the, the Bengals, and Burrow's my favorite quarterback today. Uh, from uh, from a slate perspective, pricing-wise, and just from a game theory approach, uh, he's still going to be pretty low-owned uh, with ownership spread out week one. I am on Joe Burrow and the Bengals. That's all there is to it. All right, so let's uh, uh, kind of plow through some of the remaining games here. Uh, Kansas City in Arizona, highest total of the slate, 54 total, Chiefs favored by six and a half, I know folks want to be on the Chiefs, and they should be on the Chiefs, but it's such an easy play. Everyone's going to be on the Chiefs, and I'm going to follow the crowd here because I hate Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals, but the one thing you need to be scared of, and I wouldn't be going all in on the Chiefs, is Kingsbury's offense usually starts out very well. I think Kingsbury and the Arizona offense put up points against Kansas City. The problem is, with DeAndre Hopkins suspended, I have no idea realistically if Hollywood Brown can actually be a number one wide receiver in this league. You know, people are talking it up that he's going to get it done, but I don't think it's that clear cut that he's going to get it done. So in my opinion, there's a real chance that uh, Arizona spreads the ball around they don't have a clear-cut guy that's uh, generating a ton of fantasy production, and that it's just mostly a Caliber game. Now, is priced up, so I would still rather be on the Mahomes side. Uh, but everyone's going to be playing variations of Kansas City and Arizona. From a fantasy perspective, DFS-wise, I'm going to be kind of staying. I'll have pieces in this game, but I'm going to be kind of matching the field so I don't get blown out, but they're not going to be my primary stack. Because everyone's going to be stacking that game. It, it, it's just, there's going to be ownership on that game uh, higher than all the other games. They're looking at the over-under totals. It, it, it is what it is. Next up, we've got the Chargers in Vegas. Love this game, too. 52 total, Chargers favored by three and a half. Raiders, Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, College uh, college teammates now reunited. You still got Darren Waller. A lot of pieces on the uh, uh, Raiders to attack the Chargers defense. Chargers, Justin Herbert and company still there. Mike Williams is the wide receiver one. I know people look at Keenan Allen still there being the wide receiver one. He is the number two wide receiver on the depth chart, in my opinion. Uh, Mike Williams took the leap last year, overtook Allen's uh, uh, priority. Allen is basically used as more of the wide receiver, too, to kind of uh, be the third-down receiver. It's Mike Williams uh, and uh, Justin Herbert carrying the load on the offense with Austin Eckler catching the passes out of the backfield. Eckler is not going to be working as much in volume, uh, is my understanding, and I think that's going to be holding up. So uh, my opinion is I'm playing Herbert. I'm playing Mike Williams. I do like the Chargers to win this game. The issue becomes... Can the Raiders play well enough to cover the three and a half and just be get beat by the hook, uh, so that it's just they lose by three and you win by betting on the Raiders. So, like I, I think this is one of those games where again you could tease it because I don't see the Chargers being able to blow out the Raiders, but I could see the uh, Raiders getting it close enough where the Chargers are unable to cover the three and a half. So again. These are some of those types of games that are close up where you could actually just tease it and cover yourself up because they could, uh, it could swing the other way. Next up the obvious mismatch of the week, the giants traveling to play the Titans in Tennessee, Derrick Henry versus a giants defense that will be trying to stay off the field. If only for the fact that Daniel Jones is still under center for the giants. All right. So, How do I expect this game to go? I expect Tennessee to run the ball early and often against the Giants defense. I expect the Giants defense to play well and play hard. And then I expect the Giants defense to get absolutely gassed and tired when the Giants offense still can't move the damn ball. I know people want to play Saquon Barkley. I'm going to play Saquon Barkley. I am fully prepared for Saquon Barkley and the Giants offense to fail miserably. If there was ever a spot for the Giants offense to actually show up and play well, it is week one when everyone is healthy and there are no excuses at all when you've had an entire preseason to get ready to uh, to work Brian Dable's offense. You've 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 added pieces on the offensive line. Could have added better pieces, in my opinion, but realistically, your squad is your squad. This should be like uh, and we made all the excuses for the Giants over the years with injuries and whatnot. Everyone, like Sterling Shepard should be playing. Galladay should be healthy. Uh, Saquon is supposed to be full, good to go. There are no excuses from an injury front. If the Giants cannot put up points against the Titans, Derrick Henry is going to eat them alive from a time of possession standpoint, and they're going to get too tired, and they're going to be monster trucked on national TV. I, for my own health insanity. Need the Giants to actually show up and play today. Please. It is week one. I'm just asking for one week of looking like an actual halfway decent NFL team. It, it's, it's like we know how this season is likely to play out, but it's week one. Can you give me something? Please. Just let me be a homer for at least one week. But I will say from a survivor pool standpoint, you should be taking the Titans because the Titans I don't think are nearly as strong as they were last year. And this is probably one of their best spots. You can grab them. But if there's one team to knock me out of his fire pool, it could be the giants. And I, at least I, I'd be happy with the giants getting a week, one win and being first in the division for once uh, after week one, it'd be a change. Anywho, the game of the week, in my opinion, that people are sleeping on. Green Bay traveling to Minnesota to play the Vikings. 46 and a half total. This total should be in the 50s. I expect Minnesota to put up points on the Packers defense. And I expect Kirk Cousins. Of our favorite uh, sports clip fame of this show. To be on his game. That is the bottom line. I expect Kirk Cousins to be motivated with Mike Zimmer being gone. He has the support of management to go out and ball so he can be like. And not be worried about having the ball uh, taken out of his hands and just running it with Dalvin Cook. Now, on the flip side, no Mike Zimmer. Viking Stephens it's going to be hot garbage. The Both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon should be running roughshod over this Vikings defense. Aaron Rodgers, while he may not have Devontae Adams anymore, he has those running backs, and he should be able to pick apart this Vikings defense that he knows still very well to be absolute hot garbage. This is the game I'm also looking to target beyond Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I'm looking to target the Packers, and I'll take the Vikings side as well with Kirk Cousins. From a fantasy perspective, I think this line is way too low for an over-under. I think this this game goes into the 50s, and the Vikings are only a one-and-a-half point favorite because the, it started out with the Packers' favorite by two-and-a-half. The money is shifted over to the Vikings' side. Vegas is, believes that the Vikings are better than what people are giving them credit for. I don't necessarily believe that, but I believe the Vikings offense is going to show up with Justin Jefferson. So Justin Jefferson will definitely be right there with uh, Jamar Chase in terms of my lineups uh, today and, and, and overall exposure. So I am big on Justin Jefferson. I am big on Aaron Rodgers. I like Kirk Cousins in there as well, so I will not play the clip again. But uh, the truth of the matter is is that you got Dubes, Uh, On the Packers side, Alan Lazard is out. So, uh, Doobes is going to get elevated. Uh, The rookie is going to get elevated. It's a starting. He is 3K on draft kicks. Doobes, you can absolutely play him with Justin Jefferson, and you can uh, run it with uh, Aaron uh, Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon. I would play Jones first because he should get the lion's share of carries, but Dillon gets his uh, touches too. I expect both of those running backs for the Packers to have double-digit touches by the end of the day and because of the state of Vikings' defense, I think the Packers run for over 150 yards today. To me, uh, I have confidence of Aaron Rodgers still throwing a couple of touchdown passes, uh, but the Packers' rushing attack should be pretty dominant today. I I like how that game shapes up. Uh, Everyone's going to be on the Chiefs' uh, Cardinals game. I'm looking at this Packers game going on in the exact same time frame, and... I just think that it, folks are overlooking it. Uh, so I'm hoping uh, uh, my analysis is correct, but uh, I, I feel very confident in that game of outperforming expectations from uh, a point standpoint. So moving on to Sunday Night Football, we've got the Tampa Bay Bucks. No offensive line for Tom Brady. I mean, no offensive line. Like, everyone's hurt. Still no Godwin, Gronk's retired. He's got Mike Evans still, but Tampa and uh, Leonard Fournette is still kind of out of shape. But he's he's the starting running back, but he's kind of out of shape. Almost as out of shape as Zeke. Uh, Facing the Cowboys, home underdog Cowboys plus one and a half at Jerry's World in Dallas. Cowboys are home underdogs. The Cowboys are going to get so much action from their own fans. But, here's the here's the rub. I kind of agree with the Cowboys pick here. I know folks are expecting Tampa to win this game, but, I mean, uh, the Brady lost his entire offensive line. He is 45 years old. We're, if Worse is not playing in this game, I have some Deep, like, Wurfs is banged up. If Tristan Wurfs does not play at right tackle, you've already lost Jensen at center. You've lost a couple of uh, guards. Like the, the, there are some real questions. Like, the And the Cowboys could actually be able to rush the passer and get to Brady and put consistent pressure on Brady. And I know Dak Prescott is underrated as a passer. This Tampa secondary is still bad. We've been trying to target this Tampa secondary all the time. We'll get into it for a showdown discussion tonight. But I think like this is one of those spots. We try to target Tampa secondary. We wanted quarterbacks to target it. Dak Prescott can throw the ball. I think the Cowboys can win this game. I know a lot of people don't believe the Cowboys can win this game. I happen to be one of the people who do. So we're going to talk about that game later tonight. But from my standpoint, you can you can consider the Cowboys. And then uh, to cap up Monday night, uh, uh, you know, uh, we'll get to that game, uh, later, uh, later tonight, but it's a snoozer between Denver and Seattle. So, uh, we don't have to worry about that for the slate, but yeah, the, the, the Broncos should be a touchdown favorite or more in that one, but we got more to talk about tonight. I'm going to get out of here because we're already approaching an hour on the show. And, uh, I know, uh, we got to get this uploaded. So from a DFS perspective, Folks are going to be targeting the Kansas City-Arizona game. I love the Packers-Vikings as a uh, as a pivot off of that. And absolutely, I am on the Bengals' side here in terms of uh, uh, plays from uh, the early window. So uh, you have my thoughts here. Best of luck to everyone. And until next time, enjoy the games and uh, be well. Have a good one, folks. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets.